well with my soul because of Jesus Messiah. Thanks to all of our musicians who have done a beautiful job in leading us in worship so far this morning, and we look forward to worshiping more with them and with you as we share together. Thank you for joining us for worship today here in the sanctuary and by live stream and on our Facebook Live. We're glad that you're here, and we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him today in spirit and in truth. I want to ask you just to take a moment just to stand and wave at those around you and let them know you're glad by that wave that they're worshiping with you today and then we will join in singing glory to his name. You join as we sing together. his name. You join as we continue in worship together. Let us 
you can sit down. Amen. I'd like to welcome you to this house of worship. Also welcome those of you worshiping with us online. Thank you for rising up to worship and praise the only one who is worthy to be praised, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here. And every week there's an opportunity for us to humble ourselves before an awesome and mighty God and to praise him and to thank him and also to cry out to him in our need or in our worry, our fear, our pain, our suffering. However you are and wherever you are today, I pray that you would join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we have risen up today to worship you and to praise you and to give all glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, as I shared earlier today, you are so faithful. Even when we have not been as faithful as we should have been, you are always faithful. Lord, when we've messed up, when we've gone out of bounds, when we've missed shots, when we've turned it over, when we've failed, God, you still love us and you are still with us and you still give our lives purpose and meaning. Father, we have come to just praise you for how great you are. And Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. Father, we're thankful for our families. We're thankful, Father, for our church. We're thankful, Father, for our schools and teachers. And Father, we pray for continued prayer with our students and teachers and parents trying to maneuver through this very challenging season with their online learning. And God, I pray your blessings upon them. Father, we're grateful for the country in which we live. And Father, even though it's chaotic right now, and even though there's a great divide, I pray, Lord, you would bring unity and you would bring healing and you would bring peace. And as my brother said before the service, that there would be a great spiritual awakening and many souls would come to Christ, be with all of our leaders, our outgoing leaders, our incoming leaders. Oh God, we need a great move of you to transform our land. Father, we just trust in you. And Lord, just bless this world Father, that people would turn to the only hope we have in Christ. And Father, I pray for our churches that there would be a renewal. Father, a fresh wind and a fresh fire and a fresh power. And Lord, that there would be many souls that are going to be saved. A great harvest will come to Christ. Father, I just ask that you would forgive me and forgive us of our sin. Father, there are so many things that Satan tries to discourage us and to depress us and to defeat us. Bind Satan that he would not have any glory or victory in our lives, but only you would reign supreme. Father, be with so many that continue to battle this COVID virus. 
in our church family and extended family of faith and around the country and world. Oh, God, bring healing. Bring strength to these families. Bring relief. And Lord, we pray for all the families that have suffered loss. Lord, we pray for the Webster family that you would bring peace and comfort in the loss of Johnny. Lord, that you would be with the White family in the loss of Edna. Lord, that you would be with Betty and Reed Herod in the loss of Betty's son, Scott. And comfort these families, God, and be with the Hibbert family, Lord, in their loss. And may they feel your supernatural strength. Lord, we just pray that you would just be with each person here. I, I know, Lord, there's a lot going on in each of our hearts and minds. But you are faithful. You are constant. You're the one constant. We can depend on you, God. And I pray, Lord, if there are those watching or in this place that have never given their heart and life to Jesus, that today might be the day of salvation or a day of renewal, a day of homecoming for someone that people would turn to Jesus. Lord, I just pray now that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service. Speak to us through the music. Speak to us through your word. And Father, just uh, help us all to seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. And Father, know that you're going to forgive our sin and heal our land. Help us, O oh God. We need you. And we need you right now. Bless us now, we pray, in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to the Old Testament book of Job? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful for an ensemble from our choir that are here to sing. Thank you all for being here, ladies. Thank you all for playing so beautifully. And as Bill already said, our worship team and for everyone who comes to give of their time to, to rise up and praise the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Beginning with verse 1 of Job chapter 1. In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. 
Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? For you have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Then if you would look over in chapter 42, beginning with verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all so much for that powerful word and song. And thank you again for being here today. Always like to share a little humor and attempt at some humor. Maybe you heard the story about the man that went running into a pharmacy and he ran up to the pharmacist and he said, I, I need a cure for the hiccups. These hiccups are driving me crazy. And without batting an eye, the pharmacist reached over the counter and slapped the man in the face. And the man was shocked and angrily he asked, why did you do that? And the pharmacist said, well, you don't have the hiccups anymore, do you? He said, no, but my wife in the car still does. <laughs> don't let that joke be a hiccup to you hearing the message today. Last week, we began a new sermon series called Rebound. And through the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at Stories in scripture of people who seemingly were in a helpless and hopeless situation, but then through God's divine power, they were able to rebound or to bounce back from this seemingly hopeless situation. You know, there are a lot of people that have suffered great loss during this pandemic. There are a lot of people in this church family that have suffered great loss during this season. Maybe you're one or your family, you've lost a loved one during this season. It's possible that you've had great financial loss in your family during this time. Maybe you've lost your health, whether it be through COVID or some other health issue, and, and you've suffered a lot during this season in which we're in. But the fact is, we've all suffered in some way. And in our scripture reading today, we meet a man by the name of Job, which you're very familiar with, many of you, who had all the above. He had great loss, losing 10 children. He had great financial loss, losing all of his livestock and many of his servants. He he also lost his own health. If you were to read on, he had these nasty sores and bulls all over his body and was in great pain, so much so that his own wife would say, why don't you just curse God and die? And through this story that many of you are familiar with, I pray that God would speak to you and speak to me through the power of his Holy Spirit and that we would be able to rebound or bounce back through what seems like a helpless and hopeless situation. The first thing I want you to understand today is that godly people sometimes suffer. Godly people sometimes suffer. If you would read in verse 1 of Job chapter 1, in the land of us there lived a man by the name of, of Job. He was upright or blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Now when it says that he was blameless and upright, it doesn't mean that he was sinless. As we look at this story, we understand that Job was very much human. He wasn't sinless, but yet he was a man who desired God. He was faithful. He was honest. 
He tried to be a righteous man before God. And in this story, the difficult part is, is, is seeing this, this righteous man, this godly man, have to endure tremendous suffering. But, but we know that he was not perfect, that he was not sinless. If you would read over in Job chapter 6, verse 24, uh, Job says, Teach me and I will be silent. Show me where I am wrong. In chapter 7, verse 20, he says, If I have sinned, then tell me what I've done to you, O watcher of men. And what he was saying was, God, I'm not perfect, but what terrible sin have I done to bring about all this terrible suffering in my life and on my family? What, what is it I've done? And, and maybe you've asked that question before. Have you ever asked, God, what did I do to deserve what I'm going through? What did my family do to deserve all this suffering that I'm experiencing right now? Maybe we've all been guilty before of asking that question. Is it my fault that my child or my grandchild is experiencing this? Is it something I've done? Well, we know that suffering ultimately comes from that story in the Garden of Eden. If you would look in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it said, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You can eat of any of these trees in the garden, but you must not touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, we know the rest of the story. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They ate that forbidden fruit. And at that moment is when sin came into the world. Suffering came into the world. And ultimately, death came into the world. You see, Job had three friends. And if you would read throughout the book of Job, he has three friends. Good intention, I know. But yet, they kept trying to tell Job that you must have done something terribly wrong. You must have committed some great sin to have all this suffering and all this loss that's come upon you. And I want you to know, we can trace back all of our suffering to the Garden of Eden, but not all particular suffering comes from a particular sin. Do you understand that? That we can't always say our loss is due to our particular sin in our lives. Now, I know what Paul said in Galatians uh, chapter 6 when he said in verse 7, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We can all think about some suffering in our lives that we brought on ourselves by our bad decision-making. But as a whole, when we look at this story, the suffering was not through a bad decision that Job had made. As a matter of fact, we have a privilege that Job didn't have. You see, we got to read into this story and see that the devil and the Lord had a conversation. And as a matter of fact, Satan was trying to say that Job had a self-serving 
type of relationship with God, that he was just trying to curry God's favor, that he really wasn't a, a righteous man, really. He was just uh, been blessed with all of God's favor and all these things. And Job had said, you, or the devil said, you take all this from him and he will surely curse you to your face. And so we know that people, even godly people, even though we may not be perfect, we try to be faithful, we try to be honest, we try to be God-fearing. And even though we try these things, we still sometimes suffer and have great loss, even though it doesn't always make sense. I've had the awesome responsibility and the painful privilege to minister to a lot of people during this time that have had great loss, losing loved ones, some from COVID, some from other sicknesses and, and illnesses. And uh, it's sometimes very difficult to watch these wonderful Christian people grieve and then ask, you know, why or what, what's, why is all this going on in my life? And maybe that's where you are today. What, what's going on with all this craziness? What, what's happening? And just this past week, I, one of our dear members, a faithful, godly man of God in our church, Bob Hibbard, uh, buried his mother uh, from complications of COVID. And, and then later in the week, his sister passed away. And I think maybe even today, they're burying his sister who died from COVID. And, you know, to talk to Bob on the phone as a great man of faith, he said, you know, I, I know, I know God is with us. And I know that God has a plan and a reason for everything. Bob didn't waver in his faith. And he said, I know I'm going to see him again because his mother was a godly lady who had taught school and played piano at her church and was a great woman of faith. And his sister, even though she had suffered great loss, losing a daughter and losing her husband, she too was a Christian, had faith. And he said, I know I'm going to see him again. And I know my mom and my sister Kathy are back together again in heaven. But so many times we wonder why these things happen Godly people, God-fearing people, sometimes suffer. But then know this, that um, even though we might have loss, know that great pain and tragedy can also test us and grow us in our faith. Great pain and great tragedy can often test us and grow us in our faith. If you would skip all the way over to Chapter 42, at verse 2, Job said, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And if you would read verse 3, the second part of verse 3, said, surely I spoke of things I did not know, things too wonderful for me to know. You know, when... We have great loss, as I just shared. We don't always understand the particulars of why we have such great loss. But no, it's an opportunity for us to 
place our trust in the Lord. If you would look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, Job made this declaration. He said, though he slay me, yet I will hope or trust in him. Though he slay me, he said, I, I'm going to still trust in you. And he said, because I know I'm going to continue to plead my case in your eyes. I'm going to continue to plead my innocence. But he was saying, Lord, even if I were to die today, I'm not going to stop trusting in you and placing my hope in you. You know, a lot of people think that the story of Job is, is all about human suffering, which it is, but really, I think Job came to the conclusion he didn't understand all of his suffering, but he came to acknowledge that God is sovereign. And I think that's what really this story is all about. When you hear the word sovereign, you think God has all authority and God is ultimately in control. And would you all agree that the times in which we're living as chaotic as it is and as crazy that it is, is that God is still in control? He is. God is sovereign. He's all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He's everywhere. And we know that God is in control, even though we think things are very much out of control. But that's why we use that verse out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 so much. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. I think about what Paul wrote in that great love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, when he said, Now we see, but as a poor reflection is in a mirror. I often think about looking into a, a pond or a body of water where you can see your reflection. But if a stone or a stick is thrown in the water, it ripples it, it distorts the picture. You can see the outline, but you can't make out the specifics. He said, for now we look in a mirror dimly. We only know in part, but one day we will know in full, even as I am fully known. What he's saying is we're not going to understand many of the mysteries of God here on earth, but know that God has a plan. God has a purpose, and no purpose of his, Job came to understand, would not be thwarted. He was still in control. And today, I pray that we would grow in our faith. James said in James chapter 1, 2, and 3, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And so we must look at this season in which we're going through as a time of testing, a time when our faith is being increased that we might persevere all the more. Dr. David Jeremiah, who's pastor and author, shared the story uh, about Alexander uh, Solzhenitsyn. I'm not going to spell that. Uh, my dad would say, if you do, you'll clean it up. But Solzhenitsyn, and he shared that he was a political prisoner in Russia for many years. And uh, he would work 12-hour hard labor day. And as he was working these 
her days on starvation diet, he became gravely ill. The doctor told him that he probably was not going to live, but he tried to keep working. And one day he fell to the ground, thought surely that the guards would finish him off by beating him to death. But one of his fellow prisoners, who also was a follower of Christ, came by with the cane. And as Alexander was there on the ground, this fellow prisoner took his cane and he made a cross in the sand beside him. And he walked on. And when he saw that cross, he said, he realized all the pain and suffering that his Lord and Savior had gone through for him. And he said he knew that ultimately the battle had already been won on the cross. So what did he do? He got up and he kept on going and he survived. And when we can have that kind of hope, then we can survive under the greatest adversity when we place our hope in the one that went to the cross for you and for me and then rose from the grave to show that we can have true victory because the battle's already been won through Christ. And I pray today that as we're going through this time, we know that, that we're going to suffer. Godly people sometimes suffer but we know that great pain and tragedy can test us or grow us in our faith. And then lastly, that good can come from our grief. Good can come from our grief. If you would look at verse 5 of Job chapter 42, and this is a, a great declaration. You see, God had been silent much of the book of Job. Job had done a lot of complaining, and, and we again heard his uh, good-intentioned friends. And, but we know God speaks beginning verse chapter 38, and then at the end we hear Job say in verse 5, he said, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I, I despise myself and I, I repent in dust and, and ashes. But I love that. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. You know, we might think we have had a relationship with God or we think we're tight with God. We really know him. But why is it sometimes that it takes tragedy or real hardship for sometimes God to get our attention, to open our spiritual eyes to say, I didn't really have the kind of relationship with God that I've needed to have. This has rocked my world. This has brought me to my knees. And I once was blind, but now I see. And we can see that, that Job has had a spiritual awakening. He was a, a man who who feared God and he shunned evil and he was blameless and upright, but yet he said, I, I had heard, I, I thought I knew all about him, but now my eyes have been opened. So much so that he wanted to repent. I despise my, myself and I repent in dust and ashes, a form of humility. 
But you know what that reminds me of? The closer we get to God, the more aware we are of the sin in our lives. We're convicted. I think about the story when Jesus had told the disciples to go put their nets out into the deep for a catch. Remember that story? And Peter said, but Lord, we fished all night long and we haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, we'll go put our nets out. And you remember the rest of the story? Their nets got so full of fish that they began to break. The boats became so full of fish, they began to sink. You remember what Peter did? He came up to the Lord and he said, go away from me, Lord for I am a sinful man. You see, the closer we get to God and we are brought to our knees in humility, we realize the need for change in our lives, that we've got to get better. We've got to have more faith. I had heard of him, but now my eyes have seen. And then Job does something else, which is a great lesson. For now remember this. He's, he's lost 10 children. He's lost all of his livestock, most of his servants, except for those messengers. In a short period of time, he's had tremendous loss. And yet, Job continued to place his faith and trust in God. And, and even though his friends had good intention, and you know what I think we can learn through this story, that if we want to be a real friend to somebody we don't need to tell them how bad maybe they've been or what, what sin have you committed to bring all this. You know what we need to do? We just need to love them and encourage them and support them. They don't need to hear a sermon from us. We need to just love them and encourage them and, and support them. And then God told these friends to go make a sacrifice and to repent. And then Job did something beautiful. And then he prayed for his friends. And if you would look in verse 10 of chapter 42, and said, and after Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, and he had twice as much as he had before. Verse 12, and the Lord blessed the second half of his life more than the first. But did you get that? He prayed for his friends. That means he had to let resentment and bitterness and anger go, and he had to be willing to forgive his friends and also that he would receive forgiveness from God. And maybe that's what you need to do today. What, what is this grief? What good can possibly come from our grief? Well, it can help us to see God more clearly. And I think that's what tears do. Tears washes away impurities or, or anything that might blind us or help us not to see God as clearly as we should. Sure, it's a natural escape valve to release life's pressures and pain, but I think that grief can cause us to see God more clearly. It can give us a fresh perspective on life to say, "Woo, man, I, I didn't realize how good I had it before all this loss. I'll never take for granted God's grace again. It gives me a fresh perspective. And maybe it's taught us that we need to 
love people and to forgive people. And maybe we need to make a, a wrong right. Now, I don't know the particulars, but recently I was doing a funeral and I said something similar, like if there's anything going on in your, and I have no clue if there was or wasn't. I said, this would be a good time to make it right. But I can tell you what, I saw two family members hugging one another and weeping. And I have a feeling and a gut feeling that maybe they were making some wrongs right at their loved one's funeral. If there was ever a time to ask for forgiveness or, or to get your house in order, to get your life together, it would be now while you have life and while you have breath and before it's too late. But I love, and it said that the Lord blessed him that with twice as much, got 10 more children. It doesn't make up for the great loss of the 10 children he did have before. I know he grieved, but God blessed him with 10 more children, and you double the number of all the, the oxen and the camel and the sheep. That number, if you would look back in chapter 1, all those numbers were doubled. And the Lord blessed the second half of his life more than the first. He would go on to live to be 140 years old. And when he had lived a full life, it said that he died. He lived a full life. I think God wants to bless all of us with the full life. Don't know if we'll make it to 140. I don't know if my wife can put up with me that long, but the fact is, Good can come from our grief, and, and maybe there's someone you know that you can be a friend to, that you can help, that you can love, that you can support. And I want to close by sharing this story. My dad passed away, as, as most of you know, on December the 3rd, and just a tremendous loss for me and my family, a great loss. And uh, all of you all were so kind to... Many of you reached out, whether it was in the form of a card or my phone just blew up with text messages. And many of you saying that you loved me and my family and you were praying for I can't thank you enough. And if I failed to tell you I love you back, I do. I, I love you. You know, sometimes you're just in a season. You're in that valley of the shadow of death. You just, you're kind of numb and you don't feel like always responding like you should. But I hope you know I do love you and I appreciate all the expressions of love and sympathy reaching out to me. And I could go on and on about many of your kind words from your cards and your texts and your emails. But I just want to share one that, that spoke to my heart, which all of them did, but one in particular was from one of our young deacons. We have a lot of wonderful deacons. One young deacon is Matt Osborne. And Matt started his text by saying, Todd, I love you and praying for you. And he said, I know that everybody always comes to you when they need an ear or need comfort. He said, but I want you to know if you need somebody to come to, I'll be that person. And I have to tell you, just at that moment, it just spoke to my heart. And the reason it touched me so much, because just a little over a year ago, Matt lost his dad. 
And his dad was a great Christian man who had impacted Matt's life in such a mighty way. And so I knew that Matt knew what I was going through because his grief was still fresh. And yet he was willing to reach out to a brother in Christ to say, man, if you need somebody, you can talk to me. And really, that's what we as Christians should do. Maybe you're here today and you've been suffering and you've had COVID and you know someone else who's going through. You can be a friend and support and encourage them. Maybe, maybe you've battled cancer and, and you're a survivor and you can talk to someone who's going through treatments and say, listen, I can tell you what to expect, but look, God's with you. Maybe you've lost a child and you know the pain and you know someone else who's grieving. God understands for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe you've gone through a divorce and you know someone else who's going through a divorce and you can be a friend and reach out to them. Or, or maybe you were addicted to drugs and God brought you victory and you can reach out to someone else struggling with an addiction and say, look, I know what you're going through. You can make it. You can get through this. Or maybe you were lost, but now you are found, and you can share your testimony of how God salvaged your life and gave you a second chance and say, now I'm going to live every moment of every day to bring glory to the one that pulled me from the pit of despair of hopelessness and helplessness and gave me strength to stand upon. God can do that for you. And even though it seems like things are out of control, God very much is still in control and he wants to save you today. And all you have to do is cry out to him. All you have to say is, Lord, I don't even have the words. I need you, Lord. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Save me. And he'll do that even now. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've been mad at God, angry at God. Job showed that he was human and he was questioning God and he was upset at God, but yet he did not sin. And he came to understand that the Lord is the one who gave and it was the Lord who took away, but yet may the name of the Lord be praised. And he worshiped God. Even in his deepest pain, he worshiped God. Maybe you're a Christian and you need to come back to him, fall on your knees and say, Lord, I worship you. Renew my faith and my commitment of serving you. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I tell you, this is a great place. I can't wait until we can see this place filled, but I'm grateful for what we are able to do and that we're able to worship still, whether here or at home, through social media, praise God that he's given us the technology to be able to reach more people than we've ever reached before through his mercy and his grace. And so, however the Holy Spirit leads you, I pray in a moment that you'll make a commitment to say, Lord, I'm coming to you with my pain, with my suffering, with my sin. I'm coming to you just as I am, but I know, God, that you can help me to be better. Let's rebound together through the power of God as we pray. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any 
folks in this place or people watching today and God, they're suffering, they're hurting. Father, they feel helpless and hopeless. Oh God, may they bounce back through your power. And Lord, I pray that the second part of our lives will be blessed more than the first. And Lord, that we would stay faithful. And even though we feel that the devil's getting the victory, we know that that battle has already been won through Christ on the cross. And Lord, if there are people that need to accept you today, I pray that they would have their spiritual eyes opened while there's time. Lord, and they might confess their sin, invite you to come into their heart to forgive them of their sin and repent from their old ways and begin to walk in newness of life. May this be the day that we would walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, maybe there are Christians that need to renew their commitment to you. They've gotten off track. They've grown discouraged, depressed, defeated. Oh, God, bring that victory to know that you're in control. Oh, Lord, maybe there's someone looking for a church home. I, I love this church, God, and it's filled with imperfect people that love a perfect God. Oh, Lord, I pray that even today, some new family members would come in. But just help us, oh God, to do what we need to do. Coming to you just as we are. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place and come. As we sing a hymn of invitation, these front pews are open. It would be my joy to pray with you about your decision. Or if you're at home, contact us here at the church. We'll pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing? Just as I
Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us, whether here in person or watching online. We pray that God was able to speak to you and encourage you to see how someone like Job could experience such tremendous loss and to bounce back and to be blessed more than ever by staying faithful to our faithful God. I hope that if you're on our list, email list, you'll be receiving discussion questions that will help you and your family or friends to uh, talk more about the message and how God spoke to you, but I pray that uh, you would check those out. Know that we're right now doing online services on Wednesday night. We'll reevaluate at the end of the month to see how things are, but join us on Wednesdays virtually as uh, we always have a great time in the Lord together and you also receive prayer requests. But thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your prayers, for your encouragement, for your support. Please know how much my family and I love you and how much we as a staff and church love you and are praying for you daily. And if we can ever help you in any way, please feel free to contact us. Hope you have a blessed and wonderful day as Bill leads us in a closing song. Thank you and God bless you.